Hi, I'm Carla. I'm Richard. We're the OBs, hosts of the We Do podcast. And co-founders of WeDoRelationships.com. We help people discover the best version of themselves for their significant relationships, even their marriage. Yes, even that. Every week we share insights we've learned over 20 years of helping individuals and couples. We can help you stay motivated and accountable while encouraging you to find lightness and the connection in your life that we're all after. And we do will help you master simple and elegant ways to withstand adversity in your life and encourage you to make it happen. We believe every day is a great day to share and grow. You probably have a relationship that needs some attention, whether at home or at work. Your breakthroughs and tools await you at wedorelationships.com. We all need connection and inspiration. As you listen, you will gain insights that you can share with others, even your partner. Let's get to today's episode. Hi, sweetie. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. Enjoying the beautiful day. We're up in the 70s today where we are recording right now, so I'm pretty happy about it, although we've become such wimps in the Seattle area where any type of heat and sun, uh, we start to, to melt. So. Yeah, it got a little bit too hot for me today Yeah, in the 70s. But it'll be very nice. And I just want to make a note that occasionally you'll hear a couple of dogs walking around or checking out what's going on. We have two loving Labradors, Frank and Indy, that like to check in on us, and we can't corral them. They're having their nice day together. Yep. So what do we want to chat about today? I think it's an interesting topic, and I'm really well, looking forward to discussing it, actually. Me too. I... Uh... I was thinking about, you know, the importance of healthy boundaries in relationships and but I was also thinking about, you know, how do you know if it's a grudge or a boundary? You know, like if you set a boundary with somebody um because they've hurt you in the past and you just, you know, don't want uh to be hurt again, that could just be a grudge, you know, that you're holding against someone. Uh, so I was just kind of thinking about that, exploring that. Uh, so I was looking up, I love words, and so I was looking up words. And uh, a grudge is a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from past insult or injury. Never had that. No. Mm. Or to be resentfully unwilling to give, grant, or allow something would be a grudge. Uh, and boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area or dividing line. Uh, also, when I was kind of exploring all of this, I was thinking about unhealthy boundaries like enmeshment and those relationships where people... Um, where personal boundaries are unclear and often happens in families, family dynamics where, you know, uh, those boundaries become unclear. Well, when I hear of that grudge as opposed to, you know, boundaries, I think of a grudge as something that you continue to hold on to um, and allow to change. And does that require... When does it go into the grudge category if you haven't, you know, assessed it as something that you need to have personal or 
projected um, forgiveness, you know, something that someone said, something they did, or some way that you thought about them, where the grudge, you know, grew out of that. It sprouted out of something that uncomfortable experience, and and then it becomes a grudge. Is is I kind of look at it as the grudge as being something that's um, repetitively revisiting the event and the feeling that I had related to that event. And it automatically puts me in a mode of, man, I didn't like that and I still don't like it. I, And man, oh man, every time I see them, I can't help but think that again. And I have a little bit of resentment towards them because, you know, we never reconciled that or we never you know, addressed it. And sometimes I don't know if I want to address it, you know, but it, that grudge, that grudge is, is still there. And, and I haven't done some work on it. And when does it rise to the level of wanting to do some work to change it from a, a grudge? Because I think it has to transition from grudge to a boundary, usually, or, you know, we enter in it with just pure boundary expectations. I, mm-hmm. I struggle with that, but I also, the way I like to look at it is that a grudge can turn in a positive way to a boundary if there is some form of forgiveness or reflection related to the event and what occurred if you want to continue to have a good relationship with that person. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I hold a grudge, it seems it seems like that is really an unexplored hurt where, mm. you know, I mean, like a telltale sign of a grudge is resentment and ill will wish towards another. Um, I... And like you, I believe that grudges are an invitation to forgive, you know, which most of the time forgiveness takes a while to enter into because it's like holding strong and firm that you you were treated unfairly. It's not fair. You know, if you forgive, you know, it's almost like, well, then I'm not holding a boundary. They can hurt me again. I think that when we enter into the process of forgiveness, we need to be patient and let the journey unfold because mm. it's not as easy as, you know, just, I'm just going to hold this boundary. I'm just going to say no. You know, there's, there's healthy boundaries, which look more like I know where I am and I'm separate from you and you can feel one way and I can feel another way where unhealthy boundaries can look like, you know, having difficulty saying no, having difficulty accepting no from others, easily compromising my personal values, beliefs, and opinions to satisfy the other person, or being coercive and manipulative to get others to do something that they don't want to do. Those Mm. are all unhealthy you know, boundaries where, where there should be boundaries and there's not, but the healthy boundaries is, is what we're wanting. We're wanting that, you know, that clear sense of, um, I know where I am and I'm separate from you. You can feel one way. I can feel another. Do you think that's protectionism in a way? Like you're trying to protect your heart, your, your soul, your, your mind from an additional hurt, or you're putting yourself in a place where you're lovingly detaching. You know, I think that's when your your forgiveness occurs is when you can lovingly detach mm-hmm. in the form of a boundary. Mm-hmm. 
and if some people have a challenge related to a boundary of, like, for example, if something is a trigger, it can cause these um, unhealthy feelings like self-doubt or a disconnection or um, self-critique or um, self-degradation, you know, in a way. And I look at those, maybe those four will be part of like a person's sandbox, you know, that these walls have been put, been put up in the relationship because some of the interactions with another person has kind of caused these walls with our participation, mm -hmm. obviously, is that they've built these walls. And I look at these, the way I can kind of play with a little bit is that maybe those walls are part of a new, a, a sandbox that I want to address. And how can I play in that sand, knowing that those boundaries or those self-prescribed boundaries before I can manage it in a way that's healthy, I can play in that sand in a different way. And, you know, there, I think you talk about some ways in which to, to kind of, instead of, you know, harping on the four areas like self-doubt, self-critique or, or self-degradation, there's other things that you can focus on to get yourself into healthy boundary uh, mm -hmm. creation. Yeah. I mean, I think if we, I mean, I love the idea of playing in the sandbox because it gives us, you know, a lighter feel for the whole thing. But if we, you know, boundaries sometimes when people think, oh, I need to put up some boundaries, they become walls. And then there's no relationship can can happen because there's a wall that's built. I often talk to clients about, you know, having boundaries sort of like what we have the emotional capacity for, like an electric window, you know, where you turn it all the way up and it's like, mm, I just don't have the capacity right now. But maybe I have a little bit more capacity the next day so I can let it let that window down just a little bit. And some days you might feel fully safe and you can let it down all the way so that the you know you can you can have vulnerable conversations with with people if you feel emotionally safe. Um, it's it's the the problem I think happens when we are severely hurt or we are, redundantly hurt and it it starts to feel like you know like you said a self-protective mode but I think that's part of the invitation into forgiveness because you know as I said when I when I mentioned the word forgiveness in in uh sessions with clients they they automatically resist because it's kind of like you want you, you don't want somebody to trespass over your boundaries, you know, and if, if you forgive them, it seems like, well, I'm just saying everything's okay, but it's really not. When I, when I hear of boundaries that people set in conversations with those that I've, I've coached or on our men's group calls, those type of things, there's a boundary of that person hurt me and believe me, we all get hurt in the family dynamic. You know, we, there's a saying that, you know, if you ever want to think you're self-actualized, you know, go visit your family for Thanksgiving and you'll realize that you're, all that work you did maybe doesn't help you as much as you thought. And not only do they hit your triggers, but, you know, they maybe installed them. And so if you're having those challenges with your family members and you don't necessarily want to have that to, to continue, that's 
that's an area where sometimes people put up boundaries and they just say, you know, screw it, I'm not going to talk to him again. I'm not going I don't, to, I don't like being around him, so I'm not going to talk to him again. And I have personally felt that way in some situations, and it just isn't healthy. And so I've tr tried to go different ways with it, and that's what we're talking about uh, today. I saw uh, a billboard on a recent trip where it said, you know, forgiveness is not for the other as much as it is for yourself. And you're releasing that anguish and that pain and that challenge that you have within your own being and your own spirit and your own soul and your own, you know, essence, mm -hmm. that it creates space for something else. We like to say we've done a, a space for grace gets created. Mm -hmm. And then forgiveness and reconciliation and re reflection are all kind of in that same sandbox that allows you, I love that metaphor you said about seeing over these walls and maybe it's a smaller like a border as opposed to this giant wall where you can actually see over it and see something else that maybe has potential here. If I realize that maybe this can be in a better place and how do I do that? Yeah, if you feel emotionally safe because I think that's why boundaries are created because if you have been, if those boundaries have been violated and you haven't felt emotionally safe, then there's a need for, for boundaries. But I think going back to forgiveness and two of my favorite resources are uh, one is a more of a prayerful approach, and it's called uh, "How to Forgive Yourself and Others." And it's by Father Eamon Tobin, uh, and he he's got some cool ideas. I think that he scripts out these a couple of prayers. One is a prayer of rage. Uh, that really identifies the pain and the justification for the unforgiveness. And so it's a prayer of rage where we really talk to God about how unfair this was and, you know, that how, you know, it gets, he's pretty strong worded in this prayer. And it's, it's really to kind of acknowledge the pain. And then he goes into another prayer, which is, um, a desire, a desire to, for forgiveness, you know, like, please give me the desire to forgive because I don't, you know, like a step, like a step one, like a, yeah. almost like the preamble to giving it a shot. Right? Yes. Because so many times we resist forgiveness because it's not fair what has happened and you don't want that to happen again. And so just even having a desire to forgive is, you know, an important part of the forgiveness journey. I, I love that. I love that book. I mean, we, I, don't, I can't count the number of times that we've referred that to other people. Yeah. Because it's simple and elegant. But anything that's simple and elegant took a lot of work to get to that point. Yeah. You know, so I just love that, you know, I remember working through a continuous hurt that I had in one of my business relationships with a customer interaction and it was constantly on my mind because it was a big deal it was big implications financially and in control of a organization that was um, could go either way with regard to a board an outside board as opposed to a board that was that was managed with the best interest of all the people in say a community's valuation and this person didn't necessarily see it that way. Now, eventually, he became one of my closest advocates and a real 
because we became partners on issues together. And that's that's the beauty of forgiveness. I think what ha what can happen when you do invest into that forgiveness work, the transformation that can come and the, the gifts that can come from that investment, you know? Yeah, and to say, okay, this may have happened again, but you're addressing the trigger and your response to how it hurt you, and you gotta break out of that tendency. And that, that to me was an open door to try to forgive him to say, in that particular case was, he's just doing what he thinks best for his, his wife and his neighbors. And I'm doing that as well. We just really need to understand each other. But that was the, like you said, the desire to forgive was step one. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it could have been even more volatile as opposed to something that was life-giving. And it could have stayed in the whole life-draining category. Mm -hmm. And I was the one that was probably going to get drained because I think he really liked the antagonist role, you know, well, in, in the, mean, in, at least in my story, right? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things Father Tobin talks about, too, is that there's an accountability for all of us in the forgiveness journey. And that is hard sometimes to admit that, <clears throat> especially, I mean, there's certain things, abuses and things like that, that, that aren't, you know, there's no accountability for the victim in that case. But in, in lots of other conflicts, there's that recognition of what, where I've done may have also um, participated in hurting the other person. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those are good things to reflect on as you're kind of doing this, uh, entering into the forgiveness journey. The other one, the other favorite one of mine is the Book of Forgiving, Book of Forgiving by Desmond Tutu and his daughter Mufu. Did you say Mufu? Mufu. Mufu. It's M P H O. I don't yeah, know how to say I it. I love it. Mufu. Um, and in that book, they talk about the four important steps in the healing journey, and he kind of takes you. They take you through the process with some exercises at the end of each chapter. And but the the fourfold process that they talk about is admitting the wrong and acknowledging the harm, uh, telling one's story and witnessing the anguish. So, so again, it's it's like really. Um, you know, holding the whole story, acknowledging the, the hurt. Um, the third one is asking for forgiveness and granting forgiveness. And then the fourth one, which I thought is a really uh, important one, is to renew or release the relationship. Mm. Which Renew or release. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, maybe you've had many forgivenesses with the same person and um, it's no longer, you know, possible to continue a relationship. And so that release of them and that relationship is necessary. Um, and sometimes, you know, you, or I've learned that I have to release the relationship as it once was so that I can renew and reestablish a new relationship with that person. Wow, that's that's powerful. I mean, real life situations are, and examples of that are, kind of in my dashboard right now, with a a struggle that one of my uh, colleagues is having that has a relationship that's been kind of fractured with one of their their children, 
and there's a lack of communication and an outright saying, I'm not going to speak to you right now, and it's actually being fostered by the other parent. So this, this is not unique or un, unusual in our world. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can pick any family dynamic from sibling to sibling to parent to child to child to parent to cousin to cousin, you, you name it from, you know, that there, that's the one I hear most frequently is the addressing how people have challenges within some of the family dynamic. Your idea in the thought, what Desmond and his daughter were talking about with, was renew or release. I've seen just a powerful example of having to, of trying to renew without getting response. It's shockingly vulnerable for the person to what they're doing is writing letters to them saying how they feel and that they're always open to communicating again, knowing that they love them, knowing that they want to do that and whatever's holding them back right now, they understand and respect it. However, they are here willing and able to just have any type of conversation that they, that they want and, and what, whatever that is, I'm willing to be here. And to be able to say that amidst the hurt and the pain that this father is feeling with one of his children and wanting that relationship at such a critical time in that person's life. I mean, this is critical time for that person. And to do that is, is so um, inspiring and patient and resilient and trying to do the best they can with explaining and having a, in a group setting with like a men's group, for example, where there was a safe and vulnerable environment where that can be brought up and then some of the tools that were provided was the writing of the letters and communicating and how you talk to yourself about that situation and not being having toxic positivity that's going to work, but say, here's what it is right now. Or it's, oh, at least I have a better relationship with my other child. And those are some real examples and how heroic, the heroic nature, nature, I believe, of the renewal side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the, the forgiveness process it can be very painful because if we have to acknowledge all the hurt and the pain, you know, that's, that's part of the process. And, but I think getting it out on paper is, can be val valuable. I mean, you can always destroy the paper, but I think purging all that is within us, um, until there's nothing left, you know, anything else, anything else, anything else. And then, to allow yourself to, to know that part of this forgiveness is going to be, you know, a letting go of all of that tie to the pain that, you know, we've, we've um, written down. Even in a form of, I remember one time you were doing that, you shared with me, you know, kind of the piece of paper in the circle and writing down all those things and really mm -hmm. kept asking yourself again that, is there anything else, is there anything mm -hmm. else, to where there's something that kind of, you know, like just kind of released from like some of the, um, it was like taking a, a venom out in mm -hmm. a way, you know, it's it like, I mean, I think of yeah. a couple movies actually, but I, I, I don't know how much it would relate to other people, but it's just like a, a big exhale of, <sighs> yeah. and it's like hot air coming out. And the air is like, okay, I'm releasing this from me. And there's a little bit of space it's created. 
And like you said, to write it down, even taking pictures and putting it in there and putting it on a collage and saying, because a lot of people have an unforgiveness of the hurt, you know, that has been with them all their life. Mm -hmm. And it's worthy of that type of exercise. Oh my gosh, yes. And you've done that. And I'm proud of you for doing that. Well, thank you. It's not a comfortable process no. at all. Yeah, it's... Um, it's, and it's a, it's a solo journey. I mean, there's, there, you certainly can support other people as they, uh, go through the forgiveness process. And yet you don't necessarily have to have the forgiveness process that involves the other person. And I think that's often what keeps people from forgiving is that they don't want to involve the other person. You don't have to, you know, a lot of times people have to forgive someone who's passed away and you can do that. Yeah. You know, you can you can forgive someone that doesn't want to reconcile or doesn't have any um, capacity, maybe, to look at those accountabilities for the hurt that you know that they've given. But but I think after the forgiveness part, then then establishing healthy boundaries uh, is you know boundaries that that define you and me and the healthy space between us. You know, no one is entitled to the relationship that once was, you know, before the pain. If I'm not respected by you, I can still respect myself and honor what I need, even if you are unable to do so or disregard, you know, what I need. So, it's making sure that the respect is still there, you know, making sure that, you know, respect can, can, can be there. It, it often feels like respect for a boundary is, uh, can feel like lack of unconditional love. Hmm. You know, like if you. Yeah. You can start judging yourself. You're not being unconditional with this person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I think self-respect and unconditional love can contradict each other. So mm. if you continue to hurt me redundantly, even after we discussed repair attempts and defined boundaries, it becomes a question of joining you in disrespecting me or standing firmly in my own self-regard and my own mm. self-respect. So it's, it's that knowing what I deserve and what I need and standing, you know, firmly in that. You know, that, that standing firmly in it and knowing what I need. When I think of what I've gone through in some relationships and one in particular I'm thinking of, and I'm not going to name names, but I'll, I'm going to talk about the, the situation. It was really around topics you know, it's a topic. It's something that was brought up that in a conversation that was hurtful to me. And it was an area of relationship that I had with the other person that I, I, I had to say, you know, hey, maybe they're doing the best they can the way they communicate. But they don't, even though I told them it hurt me when they said that, and yet they still continued to have that dialogue and still continued to have that, that conversation. And I still started feeling like a little bit of shame and self-doubt and uncertainty, but yet they kept doing it. But it was related to a specific topic. So when I had this relationship, who this person I love and this person I care for and this person I want to have a better relationship with, 
you know, and I want to carry these relationships to my end of my life. And I say, how can I make these better? These are important. They're important to members of my family. So what I said is, okay, I'm not going to bring up that topic as a boundary area where I'm not going to go in that, that spot again. Mm. I'm not going to react so viscerally and say, hey, man, I'm not going to freaking talk about that. Okay, that's enough. Last time you hurt me, you son of a gun, I'm not going to talk about it again. But it's like, okay, I know that that's an area that I do not want to talk to them with, but I can talk about other areas and know if that comes up, then I can politely eject, mm. politefully remove myself from it, or skillfully in some cases, change the topic to something that's mm -hmm. more um, more palpable or, you know, is something not just a massive indirection with no purpose. It's something that's intent. It's something we may have talked about again, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's something you want to make sure it's a good, it's a topic that's, that's safe. And your boundary is, I'm not going to talk about it mm -hmm. again. Yeah. And I think that boundary, you know, isn't it, can be an intellectual boundary where you know what, topics are off limits and you just make sure that you're intentional in discussing you know things that are okay to discuss and what's not okay you know and just knowing that before re-entering conversations with particular people uh i think it's really an important important boundary yeah and the like for example the like say a, a mother or father with a child I know that we've had a lot of discussions about these type of things that come up through clients and come up through, you know, um, situations that we hear about, but directly through clients that, you know, there's a fractured relationship between the child and the parent. Yeah. And, you know, the child wants to put a boundary around it, which is I'm not going to talk to them because they make no sense and that all they do is try to tell me what to do and believe what they believe, and they don't want to hear me say anything about my individuality and my perception. They just want me to go hook, line, and sinker with what I what I want, what they want me to do, and I have no say for it. I don't think my individuality is being respected. And this is someone that's 13, 14, 15 years old that would naturally be going through that, but it's a, you know, there's no there's no give on either side. So that's kind of the work of counseling and the work of coaching to get to a place where Something can be identified as um, forgivable, address it, reflect it, since we're going in a cycle here. And now we can get to a place where how do we renew our relationship with a better understanding and a respect for each other and or what the child may do or the parent might do. And it could happen years for years and years as they say they're releasing the relationship. And how painful is that that you've witnessed? How painful... Is that for both parties? Yeah, it's very, very painful. And I think it's worthy of listening to these pings within us that kind of, you know, keep us like feeling like, oh, I need to set a boundary. It's really, I think it's very important. Relationships are worth exploring that, forgiving and moving forward in the relationship and or going through the forgiveness journey and knowing what can and cannot be tolerated in the relationship, you know. I think in the end, grudges aren't such a bad thing because they kind of alert us. Wait a minute. You like grudges? <laughs> well, We could be really good at it. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as they're not 
you know, grudge held where you, you know, you, you kind of resent someone and have ill will to them. But I think the initial phase, when we first notice a grudge that we're holding, it really is an invitation to forgiveness and to, you know, setting boundaries with particular people and particular, you know, stages in our life that require more emotional safety for whatever reason, you know, and so, so if, if you notice a grudge, that's the good part because then you, then you know that this is an invitation to further exploration of this hurt, whatever that hurt is and the possibility of forgiveness and the possibility of creating healthy boundaries where we can respect ourselves and the other person at the same time. And if one person is not being respected, then there's, there, there's a definite need for healthy boundaries. And so finding your avenue to healthy relationships, I think, uh, is, is beautiful when, when there's a strong sense of, I can be me, you can be you, we can respect each other. Well, great, great topic and, and great sharing. We uh, can go a lot deeper in this and maybe pieces of this we will in future uh, podcast episodes. Um, Sweetie, thank you for yeah, all your sharing. You. And I loved it on this beautiful day. And until next time. Take good care. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by WeDoRelationships.com. Now let's make a difference in our relationship with ourselves and others to flourish in today's world. Please share what you learn. Great job. You're taking the time to honor and explore your relationships. We know it's not easy in our busy lives, but it's worth it. You're worth it. Those you love will notice. If you'd like to help us personally, then please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, leave a review, cheer us on, or simply say hello. Great relationships lead to a fulfilled life. It begins with you. Every connection counts. Take good care.